Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to my podcast. This is Joe Lynch, and you are listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. And today we have a great guest. We have the great and powerful Andrew Kelly, and we're going to be talking about securing first, middle, and last mile with Andrew. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, Joe. Excited to chat with you today. Did you notice my Joe Rogan reference there? (laughs) He always says the great and powerful, and I've always wanted to. (laughs) Excellent. Andrew, before we get into the topic, tell us a little bit about your background. First off, where you work, where you live, and what you're up to. Sure. So I grew up on a farm, you know, went to some fancy schools, started a couple of companies, and now I'm at a really interesting startup right now. It's called BoxLock. But, you know, I'm first and foremost just really passionate about supply chain. And so always interested in having dialogues with folks on supply chain and the innovations that are happening in and around the space. You know, obviously on the news these days, we're hearing more and more about the protein chain or the PPE chain or, you know, different sub-segments of the supply chain that maybe aren't working as well as they could be. And so there's just tremendous opportunity in and around supply chain. And so I'm a kind of a lifelong learner in the space. Yeah. For those of you who listen to my podcast on a regular basis, you probably heard me talk to Andrew a few times. He's got a super impressive background and he's one of those guys who's got all the expertise you could ever want. He's got the ops background. He's got the business background. He's a technologist. He really knows what he's talking about. And when he says fancy schools, he went to Harvard and MIT. I just, I, it makes me smart just saying it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the basketball. So didn't you go to NC State too? I, I did. So a little bit after the Jimmy V kind of wonder years down there, but you know, along Tobacco Road down in North Carolina, there's some mighty good teams. Oh yeah. Yeah. So great background. And uh, Andrew's got some interesting stuff to talk to us today. Again, the topic is securing first, middle, and last mile with Andrew Kelly. We debated on this title for a minute because it's a pretty important topic and we couldn't quite figure out the perfect title that still fit. What do you mean by securing first, middle, and last mile? Sure. So let's break that down, right? So security you know, to us is anytime there's an asset and it could be uh, inventory, it could be a critical part, it could be in healthcare, it could be, you know, controlled substance or in e-commerce, it could be a parcel, right? So security is really just about knowing where it is and who should have it, you know? And in terms of the first, middle and last mile, the aim there is to distinguish the workflow that really happens at the warehouse or distribution center versus to what happens on rolling stock versus what happens when that asset gets closer to its purchaser or whomever is receiving that asset. Yep. I like it. And so the hot new startup that, uh, well, I don't think it's that new, but the startup that Andrew just joined, that's one of their specialties. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the company in a minute. But first, Andrew, talk about the problems that we currently see. First and the first, then middle and last mile. What are the security problems you're seeing? Sure. So I'm just going to pick one use case 
in each one of those segments and we can talk about that, right? So in the first mile, lab logistics is one of the use cases where we're finding that test kits, diagnostics, making sure that the folks that are responsible for testing have a chain of custody in the healthcare supply chain so that the right test for the right person is routed to the right lab or the right next stop in its journey in a very secure way. In the middle mile, I'll talk about Ford warehousing. And so there's this recurring theme happening in and around supply chain where inventory is getting closer and closer to its final destination as demand generation and demand planners and folks that are responsible for overall kind of inventory management across whether it's a manufacturer or retailer or direct-to-consumer e-commerce company, all of them are thinking about forward warehousing. And what that practically means is as opposed to a million square foot warehouse you might be talking about something that is more like 10 square feet, but it's hyper local and it's got a level of access control that can be very helpful. And in the last mile, I think all of us in our consumer lives are very familiar with getting a brown parcel from you know Amazon or Walmart e-commerce or many of the D2C e-commerce brands. And so unattended deliveries in the last mile is a key use case, particularly for the elderly, the infirm, people right now that are in that vulnerable population where contactless really matters to them. And so those are three different use cases in each different segment of a journey of an asset from first mile to middle mile to last mile. Yep. So you described what those are. You want to talk for a minute. They each have their own unique security challenges. So yes. let's start at that first mile. What are the security? Or I think it's also security and privacy challenges you might have with that first mile. Yeah. So I mentioned, you know, laboratory logistics. And so, you know, in a clinical setting or in a hospital, like HIPAA obviously is the overarching compliance standard. And so from a supply chain perspective, it's really the chain of custody, which folks may be more familiar with on from a cold chain perspective, right? Just thinking about food and beverage. But in the healthcare context, chain of custody is really important because, for example, If person A and person B are both taking the same test and one is positive and the other is negative, the outcome of that test result matters to both of them because one's going to get a false positive, the other's going to get a false negative, and they're both long-term going to be unhappy. And so making sure that, for example, diagnostic test kits are properly secured is one of the things that is important to some of our healthcare customers. Another example is for habit-forming medications, particularly at elder care centers or community centers or for places where things like, for example, OxyContin or other habit-forming drugs need to be secured in a way that maybe ties to a badge number, ties to who had access to the medications and questions at a particular time of day on a particular shift in a particular location. That's some of the nuance that we try and sort out with a combination of our smart padlock system and also some intelligence. And so, you know, fundamentally, we're just listening to customers that have challenges and trying to make sure that we bring them the benefit of all of our knowledge and supply chain. Yeah. Andrew, when we were talking about this while we were prepping, I think right away, as soon as you started talking about, we'll talk a little bit more about the solution in a minute. But when we started talking about this topic, boy, I could relate immediately because (laughs) I was telling Andrew, and and we're going to talk more about enterprise stuff, but I remember a few years ago buying a laptop and I came home, looked on my front porch and there it just sat there, Dell computer. It was so tempting anybody who wanted to steal. And I think, well, yeah, that's a thousand bucks out the door. But what Andrew's talking about, because potentially 
a lot even more expensive. And you know, when you talk about drugs, you, there's, you put a you could put thousands and thousands of dollars worth of drugs in a small bag. And obviously people are willing and able to steal that stuff. So it was immediately, I thought to myself, all the problems I have, and I'm a consumer. And again, we're going to talk more about enterprise. So we alluded to this a little bit, Andrew, but let's talk about your company, what your company does a little bit as part of that solution. Sure. So you know, first and foremost, we try and listen to customers and get down to very specific use cases, you know, in the first mile, middle mile and last mile. Right. And those use cases are a little bit different in healthcare. They're a little bit different in warehousing. They're a little bit different in industrial or you know e-commerce. And so it's sort of a matrixed approach to sort of mapping segments of the different journeys that an asset can take, looking at the different industry verticals where we can be helpful to them and then adapting our solution to that, right? And so, you know, in a nutshell, it's a padlock that has Bluetooth, it has a scanner and can be opened either directly by a scan or remotely. We call that push to open. And so for all these folks that need to secure whatever they need to secure in their healthcare facility, in their warehouse, et cetera, generally speaking for you know inventory at rest, our solution allows to them to do that, right? And so we can deploy locks into you know a single individual locker, or some of our customers have multiple sub lockers within a larger, maybe nine or 10 foot enclosure. And what they're really asking us for is give us peace of mind by making sure that we can secure things that shouldn't grow feet, you know, in our warehouse. And we have visibility into who had access and when. And if, for example, we wanted to tie it to our ERP or WMS system, we could make an API call to a system that would help close the loop on those things. And so really, it just comes back to security and that security driving peace of mind across all these different industry verticals. I think that's the common thread that we're seeing. Yeah, Andrew, if I could, uh, I know we talked about, you just mentioned growing feet. It's not just somebody's trying to steal something either. You know, when you mentioned like warehouses, some mm-hmm. of the warehouses we've all been in are enormous. And if somebody yes. took a tool or some other asset out of the locker and took it back to their workspace and forgot to return it, they weren't trying to steal it. But good luck when you say, <laughs> hey, Joe, Andrew, could you go find that tool? And you go, yeah, sure. It's just uh, 80,000 square feet. I'll be yeah. back. I'll be back in uh, 15 minutes. Right, it's yes. it's hard to find, and but it's a lot easier if you say, "I know, hey, Mary just had that; she just checked that part out." That's exactly right. Right, so you can attach a person or a worker to that particular part or tool, and to your point, it's not so much that it is particularly high value or that it's particularly long lead time. But for example, you know, as we were talking to a customer in the field service space, you know, they told me, "Look." Andrew, it's not about just in time, it's about just in case, right? Because from their perspective, when they have something go wrong and not having a part, for example, they've got somebody out in the field and they're maybe making 10 stops that day, right? And if they don't have the right part at the right time, at the right location, they can't fulfill that service call, right? And that particular part, it might not be particularly expensive, it might not be particularly hard to find, but if they don't have it, that one little thing could be holding up the broader customer success, customer experience for that particular account. And that's where the real brand damage starts to happen in a field service context. We'll get right back to the podcast in just a moment. 
If you sell transportation or logistics services, the Logistics of Logistics can help you sell more. Our customized program will help you understand your sales personality, including your strengths and blind spots, get more sales leads, and improve your communication and salesmanship. We can also position you as a recognized industry expert and help you reach your target audience. To learn more, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com. And now, back to the show. So, Andrew, let's talk a little bit about off-peak deliveries. I know when we were prepping for this, you said that's a problem because you might have delivered to a hospital or an assisted living or you know rehabilitation center, someplace where they're getting drugs. And now if I get there after hours, what do I do with it? How do I deliver? Do I got to come back tomorrow morning? Ideally not. <laughs> so talk about that. Yeah. So off-peak deliveries, we're seeing all kinds of industries really have a need for that. And it kind of speaks to this need for contactless, right? So that you can minimize kind of human-to-human contact as much as possible. And so on the prepared meal kit space, right? So you don't really want to have a handover of the parcel or the meal, you know, between kind of deliverer and whoever is consuming the meal, right? Or... If there is a courier or a network of couriers that are using to deliver, you know, whatever it is that you manufacture or ship for your particular business, you want them to be able to just complete their job, right? Drop that package off regardless of whether or not, you know, that particular retailer is open or that particular business is open. Because as we know, you know, there are many, many businesses that have very different hours now than they did in Q4 of 2019. And so the ability to drop something off on a contactless basis, off peak time, where it can be relatively unmanned, that's a persistent thing that we're seeing. And so on the healthcare sites, a lot of healthcare customers are moving to telehealth for obvious reasons, right? They don't want their healthcare providers being put in harm's way, and they don't want the patients being put in harm's way. So the maximum amount of telehealth that they can drive into their care delivery, they're really looking for that, right? And so it would sort of defeat the purpose of telehealth if you were giving remote care, and yet the only solution was, say, a medication that you had to hand off from person to person, right? That's kind of inconsistent with your overarching philosophy. Yep. I know uh, BoxLock has a home solution, so I know you guys are already doing that also. But we're talking more on the enterprise side, and what strikes me about these deliveries on off-peak or anytime, if I can't make that delivery and it has to stay on my truck, and it's drugs or maybe it's uh, test results, whatever it might be, now it has to get re-delivered, and I always say there's a we've gone off process. Now we have to hope that this guy does the right thing and remembers first thing in the morning, I go right back there. Much better if you can say, I delivered that. And because that might be the end of his shift. And now the next guy has to figure that out. And I think that's where we get into a little bit of trouble because, uh, again, this is stuff that could be stolen, stuff that could be privacy issues, could be time sensitive. We got to get it there. Absolutely. And the other thing is, you know, certain national carriers will actually charge you twice or multiple times for making that repeat attempt, right? And so that's extra cost for the shipper who's trying to get that good to the end business or kind of end customer. And so that's not good. The lack of visibility to did it happen or didn't it happen, you know, that's not good. And so, you know, anything that we can do to help streamline the supply chain, that is really what we're all about, right? And we've got to very particular way that we're going about that. And, you know, we're getting some good response from the market in terms of how we can help people in their supply chains. Andrew, why don't we talk about an example, like a perfect example on this of a product moving through that first, middle, and final? 
So sure. Pick, pick the ideal product, pick the ideal use case. Yeah. So I guess the first thing I would say is that it's a little bit rare that a product will move sort of with us the entire way between first, middle, and last mile. But probably the easiest thing for most people to kind of wrap their minds around is probably, you know, prepared meal kits or apparel, right? So let's talk about, let's say you order a meal kit from one of the meal kit providers, right? So in the first mile, right, what you want to make sure is that the chain of custody is kind of being respected, right? And so we all know that with um, outbreaks of listeria and E. coli and salmonella, right, being able to make sure that we've got traceability, that's pretty important, right? And so item level and SKU level specificity for a batch, uh, whether it's a pallet or an individual parcel of meal kits that's going out, you know, that's important in the first mile. In the middle mile, it's more of the same, right? And I'd say that, you know, generally speaking, because it's food, it's going to have a much higher velocity than most of the things that we tend to see in the middle mile, right? And then I think most people, be they businesses or enterprises, they can kind of imagine their meal kit coming to their door and it being in a secure locker so they could be able to access that sort of unattended or off peak, right? So that's a easier to understand sort of consumer example. And you can apply that same kind of thinking on the B2B side. Yeah, I like it. And, you know, we talked offline a little bit about the Food Safety Modernization Act. There's an expectation that we all have that our food is going to arrive without being tampered with, without having been exposed to the elements and vermin and anything else. And so if you can't provide that safety and security, then I don't want to work with you. Yeah. So, you know, the best case is there's a food recall. The worst case is is that someone could get sick or there could actually be a fatality. Yeah. And then there's a whole host of things that could happen in between. None of those are good. All of those are potentially brand-destroying events, right? And so as we think more broadly about e-commerce and customer experience and the kinds of experiences that businesses and consumers want to have with the shippers of choice, we're really cognizant of making sure that they're able to try and deliver or design in the customer of experience that maps to their brand. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Andrew, if you don't mind, why don't you summarize this topic for us? And then maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you're doing over at BoxLock. Sure. So I think the punchline here is that in the supply chain, there are many different situations where physical and logical security need to meet in an intelligent way and being able to bring some IOT intelligence into supply chain across different segments, logistically, that's first, middle, and last mile. That's where we think there is an opportunity, just like there's so many opportunities in and around supply chain. And so, you know, our mission at BoxLock is to try and make people's lives a little bit easier, you know, particularly on the enterprise side where there are some gaps in physical and logical security. Absolutely. And, you know, Andrew, I've said this before on the podcast is that we've been doing logistics for a long time. And so you talk to somebody who says, oh, yeah, we're logistics experts. What do you do? Well, we pick parts up at this auto plant, take them to another auto plant. And this is always what I've said is you're taking it from one professional shipper to a professional receiver. Life is good. It doesn't get any better. And then you're working with the same guy for 
20 years. You know exactly how, oh, he got, he has bowling on Wednesday night, so we got to get it there early, right? You know everything about that customer. You know they got a dock, they have scheduled hours, they have a process. Now we're talking about a whole new world. When we talk about shipping to a hospital, shipping to uh, rehab facilities, all these medical facilities that have popped up around because we're in the coronavirus era right now, but all these facilities where extra safety is required, extra privacy is required, extra security is required, we have to recognize that we got to fill those gaps. And I think the gaps are security issues. So anyway, tell us a little bit more about what's going on over at BoxLock. Where are they located? How long have they been around? Sure. I've never heard of them until you told me about them, and I was pretty fascinated. (laughs) Yeah, so the quick 60 seconds on BoxLock is, you know, company started in 2017, launched product 2018. They were on Shark Tank back in the day, more focused on residential, based in Atlanta, Georgia. Our investors have pedigrees from many large 3PLs, Amazon, Walmart, and come from a mixture of supply chain and technology backgrounds. You know, we've raised a small seed round of capital. We're actively kind of building out the enterprise go-to-market. That's why I joined a couple weeks ago. We're hiring, right? So, you know, I've got a new BDR that started uh, just today. I've got a front-end developer, I think, is starting Monday. I think we're trying to make sure we get in a performance marketing manager in the next 30 days or so. Probably on my sales team, I'll be hiring a couple of account directors. And so, There's just a metric ton of work to do, but we're pretty excited about the opportunity. Well, it seems like a huge opportunity because we talk, I know this, we wanted to focus in on the enterprise, but I think of just all the people I know, family, friends who are receiving stuff on their porch mm-hmm. and you guys have a solution for that. Then I think of all these, again, meal plans being delivered to homes, but also the stuff being delivered to warehouses that didn't get sent to warehouses in the past. All that e-commerce stuff that has to somehow be secured prior to it being delivered on that final mile. We need these tools. Yeah. And so we think there's a lot of opportunity on the B2B side in particular. We think that we've got the tools and also the intellectual property and patents behind them as well. Plus a team that is just you know very dynamic and hungry to kind of go and crystallize the opportunity. So I need to know, did any of the sharks invest in BoxLock? <laughs> So that predates me a little bit. Um, I think you'll have to go to YouTube to kind of get the full story. Oh, come on. You got to know that story. Yeah, yeah. I I know the story, but I want people to go and learn more about boxing. All right, all right. We'll do that. pointing them to YouTube. I'll tell you you what. I'll do this for everybody. I will put a link to the YouTube video, and I'll put a link to Andrew's LinkedIn profile and a link to BoxLock. So if you want to continue continue the conversation, that's the way to do it. I hope hope it's Cuban. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Andrew. I really appreciate you coming on my podcast. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, you're such a knowledgeable guy on this in supply chain and logistics. Happy to do it, Joe. Anytime. Really appreciate everything you're doing in the supply chain space. Thank you. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast, your continued support. It's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com. <laughs>